our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hey, Maya. Kia ora, Sim. Hello. I am so excited about today's episode. We are going to be diving into how to use Instagram to make money. Now, if there is one thing that I think I have a skill in, besides, of course, like financial literacy and and business, I think it's actually using Instagram to grow brands and doing that consistently. And while I think if people don't know me, they just know me as the girl that like is good at running Instagram accounts, but it, you know, it's worked out in my favor. And today I really want to spill like all of the tea around how I do it, all the tea on how I grow brands so quickly. Just a little bit of background. My first brand that I grew quickly was in around 2016. And that became with a following of 300,000 people very quickly. And then Girls That Invest in in two and a bit years also reached 200,000 followers. And that was six years later. So even as times have changed, the way to use Instagram as my primary business like hub has continued. And so I'm just excited to share everything today and not leave anything off the table. But before we get into it, how have you been? I have been great. Today, the sun is shining. If you live in Aotearoa, if you live in New Zealand, you'll know that our summer has been very rainy and very grey and gloomy. So I'm just so happy to have some sun on my skin and to see a blue sky. So I'm feeling really good and so excited for this episode because I think one of the reasons why Sim asked me to be a co-host for this is because for probably the past two years, I have been asking her and hounding her how to make a business grow on Instagram. Like so many times I've said, Sim, like let's just nut it all out in a weekend. Just tell me all of your tips and your tricks. So now we're finally doing that. So I'm really, really excited trust me to be like okay let's like get around to it but put a microphone in front of Mm -hmm. you let's record this (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm happy to be here so I'm really really pumped for this episode 
Well, I am all ears. I am here to answer any questions that you have as a budding entrepreneur, as someone that has maybe dabbled with Instagram for a bit and tried things here and there, but I definitely know that you know, there's always room to learn and to improve. And this episode is going to be really helpful for either someone that has an Instagram account for their business, but isn't really sure how to take it to the next level, or for the person that has absolutely no idea how to begin. So let's get into it. What questions will you bless me with? Okay, let's get into it. I just want to cover, first of all, how people can make money on Instagram. I know there are a few different ways of making money on Instagram, but could you please just clarify what ways people can make money on Instagram and also how you have made money on Instagram? Say make money on Instagram one more time. (laughs) No, I I think you can say that. (laughs) I'm kidding. So there's a few ways that you can make money on Instagram. The most obvious one that I think people assume is, you know, brand sponsorships. That is always the most tried and tested way that most people do, but it's actually not the main way that my brands have grown. What I like to do, and it is the long game, so, you know, it takes a little bit of time, is using Instagram as almost like an email marketing list. So back in the day, or even to this day, people use email and have email lists for their companies. Let's say you own a company that sells shoes, you have people that buy the shoes, you get the emails. And then when new products launch, you share to the email, you know, people in the emails and be like, this has just launched. What do you think? And Instagram for me is more email marketing than a place to promote other products from other people. So I like to start off by creating a brand, creating an account, and then using those people as I don't even know how you would say it. It's like the people that will then get to find out about the next product I create or get to come on a journey with me. And then when that product launches, promoting it to them on Instagram and having them give direct feedback and have direct access and ask, you know, the kind of questions that they would email us about to the point where we respond to more DMs on Instagram than emails. Right. So instead of starting a Instagram you have your product ready and you start your Instagram, you're like, hey, here's my product. Instead, you start your account and then you build the following or you build the people that you want to attract to your product or business and then you release your product. Absolutely. And you don't even have to have a product in mind. Sometimes it can just be you start the Instagram of a community that you're really interested in. And then naturally, as time goes on, what will happen is people will come up to you and be like, hey, do you have a recommendation for like X? So there might be a woman or or a guy who does a lot of information on like healthy habits and healthy eating. And they'll probably start getting DMs from their community being like, hey, I'm looking for a nutritionist. Do you recommend any in this area? And after a while, they'll get enough of those requests to go, wow, this is really missing for my community. They need a nutritionist. So maybe that will be my product. That will be my business model. So you don't always have to have something in mind. They might've gone in thinking people wanted like personal training, but they've realized that personal training videos maybe don't do so well. People don't engage, but everyone loved their like smoothie video that no one's ever like, you know, seen that combination before. And so that way, I don't use Instagram primarily to go, hey, 
come here and this is a sponsorship by this company or let's grow our following but also like hashtag ad every couple of posts those don't do well long term Mm -hmm. in terms of influencer fatigue and I think we've noticed that amongst ourselves where you're just like follow an influencer and after a while you almost just get sick of seeing the same stuff being promoted by them or constantly being like sold to but if it's your own company and you've built this following they expect and if anything are excited to see you come up with something new and therefore it's just a much better way of making money on Instagram. Oh, that is such a different approach to what I have seen most content creators, influencers on Instagram do is because most of the time I just see ad and they have a product or service. So that's something that I don't think is really talked about as an opportunity for content creators, for people wanting to create a business using social media. So that is very useful. Thank you. Can we just go back to, I really liked how you said you don't specifically have to have a product in mind or you can change that when you have your community. So essentially, it can also be used as identifying a gap in the market. Mm Mm-hmm. The benefit of trying to use Instagram to find a gap in the market is it's like a free focus group. And so back in the day, a company would have to spend like hundreds, if not thousands of dollars trying to understand from the people that they're trying to target, like, hey, come to this meeting. We're going to sit you around a table with 20 other young kids just like you. And we're going to ask you some questions around, you know, the colors and the products and the price points and get an idea of what you like. But with Instagram, you can do that for free because your community are all in one place. It's like that idea of an email list of everyone together. And so with Girls That Invest, for example, when we came out with the course, rather than trying to guess or estimate what people would want to pay, I put up a story with a question box and I was like, if we came out with an investing course, how much would you pay for it? And then all the answers I put into an Excel sheet It was like a bell curve. And then I saw that the most common answer was $200 to $300. There was even some people that said $50. And there were people that said $2,000. But you get the main range and you go, okay, this is what people are paying for. This is what I would charge it to be. And, you know, before that, I would have just charged $100. So to know that majority of people would have paid $300, that's free research group marketing. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's cool. (laughs) Okay, so now I want to quickly move on to the algorithm. I've heard and seen it all over Instagram. Is it still relevant to know? Have you used the algorithm to benefit your content or is it more about trends? I want to ask you what you think first. Like, I want to know what kind of comes to mind when you're building or about to build your brand. Do you think the algorithm is important? Now, currently, I don't think so. I see more trends, even though Instagram has moved from a previously static image platform to now a reels and videos similar to TikTok. I think what matters more now is trends, and that's what I'm seeing more of instead of the algorithm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like with Instagram, and this is why I love Instagram, because like, You can build a huge audience on TikTok, but you can't like 
share a story with them or retain them. Like there's no sense of community. You just see their videos and you kind of move on. Same with YouTube. There's no like community around it. You can't be like, hey guys, like quick news. We're going to do this next week. And you can with Instagram, which is why I think Instagram is so good. And with the Instagram algorithm, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see with business owners when they're trying to manage their own social media is that they focus so heavily on like wondering what the algorithm is or what it does. And I think that is like in the nicest way possible, not the best use of your time. And instead I would focus on what content is trending, but more specifically, what are the values that are trending? What are the things that make people feel a certain way that is trending? And in that way, as trends come and go, you'll still know the underlying thing that makes a video go viral or makes content do well and for me that thing is content that makes people feel good and so what I mean by that is our content is always meant to make people go like a sigh of relief like I'm not bad with money or like with the Indian feminist like I'm not alone other people have really strict parents or like really nosy relatives like it's not just me content that's like you should not be buying like a cup of coffee if you want to save for a house like that's just silly that's content that makes people feel bad and so you're less likely to engage with it even if it's like technically I don't know true that example is not true but if it's like a hard-hitting fact people don't gel well with it it's like that kind of tough love that you don't want but if you're like hey you know what you don't have to own a home like renting is also a possibility there are plenty of millionaires that rent and like it's not a sign of success. That's actually going to do a lot better. And so you start working out what are the underlying pillars that make content do well. And it's either something that makes people feel good or a hot take or a different like view on something that everyone's viewed the same. And so by doing that, you end up like disrupting media or you end up disrupting your community's thought process around something. And it just gets people thinking and it gets them commenting and it gets them sharing it to their friends and going, this is a bit of me. And that is just so much more powerful than spending time trying to work out like how many hashtags to use or what like the SEO needs to be. Mm, I get that because even I'm guilty of following some accounts where they're like, grow your Instagram account, use these types of hashtags, which I've thought, I'm like, does it actually really matter and if you're wanting to create a sustainable business in a community I think just having that hashtag isn't going to help to foster the community that you want to to create a sustainable business oh yeah a hundred percent I think you hit the nail on the head and that's all it is like all of our content whether it's a video whether it's a static image whether it's a tweet it either is there to make people feel good about themselves or it's there to provide like a hot take of like like public service announcement you do not need to be like spending all your life trying to save your money like it is okay to be someone that splurges on a few things and you know saves on other things like that's called value-based spending mm. it's a new way of looking at the world so feel good content that provides different perspectives for people and provides value for people as well would you say has worked for you yes so like one or the other feel good or like 
changes people's views. That has always worked because at the end of the day, the quickest way to grow on social media is not something that is really likable because you could put up like a picture of a cat that's really likable. That's going to get a lot of like, ah, like double click. But the way to grow a community is to find out how do I get this picture or this piece of content, this video in front of people that are outside of my community. So you want it to be shareable and to make it shareable means that it has to be something that someone wants to put on their own Instagram story or send to their friend and be like, this is so me or this is so you. Because in the same way that we wear, I don't know, like Nikes to reflect certain values that we want to want other people to know about us or holding like you know a certain handbag if it's like a Chanel bag like that might say one thing about you versus like I don't know a Louis Vuitton bag in the same way that we use brands to express our identity we also online use posts to express our views and identity and so you almost want to create content that someone can then take away put it on their story to communicate to their friends and family, this is a piece of me. Like think of your activist friends. We all have activist friends. We all have friends that will like spam the crap out of their Instagram stories with like every single piece of activism news. And as much as it's like to educate, it's also a way for them to express like this is a part of me. This is really important to me. And so you're creating content And like in our case with money content, we're creating content that people go, this view that prenups are important or this view that, you know, splitting bills should not be 50-50 is something that I resonate with. And I want to put on my story to help show people around me that this is a bit of me. But as a brand, it benefits us as well because it means that it gets spread to, you know, people far wider than just our own community. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. That was a bit of a rant, but I hope no, that makes sense. No, I, t- I totally get that. And I share a lot of your content and now just reflecting on that, I'm like, actually, no, a lot of GTI's content is shareable. They're nice bite-sized pieces where it provokes a conversation or provokes an emotion I'd like to stick on the content 
train, if you say, (laughs) because I've seen you, even when you were an optometrist, between patients, you would be writing up, making up Instagram (laughs) posts on Canva, on your phone. And I'm like, how do you just easily think of content ideas for, so personally for me, I'm really passionate about health, but even I've, and I've asked you so many times as well, like, how do I create content that is bite-sized shareable like how do you do it really how do I do it really that's a great question your thought process for how you do it I would say the first thing is that I don't think it's normal for anyone to just be like oh I have a 15 minute break let me come up with a new piece of content that I know will do well I think that has come from like I guess eight years now of doing this Mm -hmm. where I'll come up with an idea and then I'll post it and It has been trial and error, but my process of if I was starting a completely new brand in a new community that I'd never really worked in before, what I would do is I make a Twitter account and I use my everyday life around me because everyone has things going on to observe and see what's relevant, what's happening and use that to inspire me to come up with a thought. (laughs) And so bear with me. So I would be like, hmm. Let's say I'm going and I'm talking about health. Mm -hmm. If something happens where like I go to the doctor and I feel, you know, kind of uncomfortable to talk to them about, I don't know, like contraception or weight gain or whatever it may be, I would then go on Twitter and be like, you know, shout out to like all the people out there that are trying to better their health. It is still really you know, difficult or uncomfortable to speak to a physician, but you doing that is you taking a step in the right direction. So that has come from an experience I've just had. So if it's relatable to me, it's probably relatable to the everyday person as well. And then number two, it's a feel good post. It's for the people that if I'm feeling uncomfortable going to the doctor and talking about my health, then I'm sure other people are too. And I know that that would be a good post because I know in the comments people would be like, oh my God, me too. But more importantly, it would facilitate discussions around what can we do about this? And it would be shareable. And so that's like how I come up with them. But how do you know that they stick? Continue to do that. Just post tweets. Like whenever I have a thought, I'll post a tweet. And then at the end of the week, you know, maybe every tweet has one like, but Maybe one tweet has three likes. And I'm like, oh. So out of all of those, that tweet did well. So that's the one I'll turn into a post on Instagram. And then I'll try and make more tweets that are similar to that train of thought. So if it was like for Girls That Invest, one of the things that did really well, one of our most liked posts was not something I was expecting, but it was me saying, You know, when I was growing up, my parents would not spend money on cars or clothes or holidays, but they would spend a lot of money on education and food. And that was just like the two things that really mattered to them. And I was like, they showed me value-based spending. And that did so well. And it made me realize, oh, like people don't just like money comments. They like family money comments or they like like real life examples real life examples are something that they can't get from anywhere else like no one can go oh like sure three facts to get fit you can get that anywhere but like Maya's three facts that have like completely changed her health regime you can only get that from Maya 
And so that's how you start finding things that do well. And then after a while, you just, you almost learn how to think in like a YouTube thumbnail title. Like that's how the words start coming out. <laughs> I, can, I can see, I can see how that happens for you. <laughs> like me and Sonia last week, we had like a planning session for our podcast ideas for the next season. And Sonia was like, we should do something along the lines of like our money mistakes. And I was like, I typed it down and I was like five money mistakes that we regret doing. And she was like, you just come up with this so naturally. (laughs) It truly does come so naturally to you. And I think what you've just mentioned has personally, I think that's really helped me in the way that I think of content instead of approaching it. And I don't know, I think I want to say something really valuable or I don't want to miss the mark. Instead of thinking like that, just thinking what is relatable to me, surely someone else would resonate with that. Absolutely. And then you just have to have a little bit of clickbaitiness in it. Like, for example, if you were like, hmm, I really want to talk about like study tips that have been really helpful to me. No one's going to read it if you're like study tips that will help you pass, but they're going to love it if you write four tips that got me from a C to an A+. Because now you've got, people love numbers. Like if they know they're getting four, like they're more likely to read it. And then you've got like, I went from this to this. So they're able to go, okay, I will also get from like step A to step B with these four tips. They know what they're getting into and they're more likely to then, you know, scroll or press play. Okay. So also speaking about kind of clickbaity stuff and trends are really popular on Instagram and songs and the way that you do post reels and static posts now, I have noticed that it's just all about trends. How can people create content that goes with trends but still remains authentic to what their business is? I would say that that comes oh it's so annoying but it comes with practice so it's like a muscle but I promise it gets easier over time but just find a trend and then think of like at least one way to spin that to your industry so I work with a brand that is in real estate for example and I consult for their social media and one example you might remember this trend where people had like five pieces of paper on a wall that were kind of yeah put on a wall like a triangle and and for those that maybe don't know this I'll just explain it out to you and there was a piece of paper put on top of them like a post-it note that hid what was written under it and it was the sound that was like on the bottom you know and then up the top and then like the number one answer and you're like pulling off the sticky notes to reveal something and people would do this trend for like hot girl names and like down the bottom would be I don't know like Hannah and Jessica and the top one would be like Michaela and so you just think how do I turn this into something that I can use for my industry and for the property company I said well let's do something that would get people talking get a little bit of rivalry going on let's do top suburbs in the country and so you know people care about their (laughs) suburbs they get really emotional or their cities and then it's like down the bottom like Christchurch and then number one like the best suburb is Palmerston North (laughs) or just something like best you know place to invest in is is what it was about so one you're causing people to comment and people just love seeing you know where they're represented 
but you're taking something that's not related to your industry and turning it into something that can be. And so for health, it could be like, if you were using that example, you'd be like top five, like vitamin supplement brands that are useless and starting from the bottom and you keep going and people are like, what are the ones that actually don't work? And you kind of just, you know, flick them off and you get people to one, have a bit of controversy, but two, you're educating them and you're teaching them something. Mm. So what I'm hearing is a little bit of controversy that is mixed in with the trend, but also something that is applicable to you and your business and your community. Absolutely. Like the controversy doesn't have to be bad. It's just something that causes people to talk. So you're disrupting, you know, what's the norm? Okay, so I just have one more question about content. How do you know what form of content works for you better? So stories, reels, static posts. Oh, this is good. What I have found is that for stories, I don't post, like, let's say we make a post. I don't then put that on stories. I think we used to just to, like, get it in front of people Mm. more. But I use stories primarily for one thing, and that is engagement. So I will not put up a story if there is not a way for people to engage with it. So it should be like a poll, like what do you think about this company versus that company? Or like, hey, this new AI technology called ChatGPT came out and now also Google has come out with their own chatbot, like which one would you prefer? And you're causing or encouraging people to like click on one or the other, even just like funny things like guess what I spilled today and it's three options and it's like, I spilled my lunch, I spilled my breakfast, or I spilled my dinner. Just like things that get people engaged, that really helps polls on stories. But the thing that has been our killer, which I have seen other brands copy, which I'm totally okay with because, you know, they've figured it out from us, is using stories to ask controversial questions that then have lots of juicy answers and people just go through them. And then under each answer, like we would be like, how much do you make and what do you do and what's your age? And we would get all these answers. We would then put them up on our stories and have like, you know, the way that you can, that like emoji that you can drag and it will be like a fire emoji and you drag Mm -hmm. it to be like, this is cool. We would just do that. And So you're getting people to respond, you're getting people to react to the responses. It's juicy information because it's people's salaries, so you go through them. And it's just such a great way to grow engagement. Because if more people, like if someone clicks on one of those or, you know, replies to a poll or replies to a story or replies to a question, then your Instagram posts and your Instagram reels are more likely to show up on their page higher because Instagram goes, okay, this person is responding to this company. So they're probably interested in that company's posts and reels. And so you're using the stories to engage people and then the posts and reels are where you actually give the educational content or the actual information. Ah, I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah. And also... I don't know, I'm not a marketing genius or a comms person, so I'm just like, that makes sense, and I do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think a good thing for people to realise is that you are someone who uses this as well, so you can just think of what you would engage with and just follow suit. 
Oh, absolutely. Like that is my motto. I am my own customer. What do I notice? Like the brands that are front of mind for me are the brands whose stories come up often, whose stories are engaging. And I watch their stories. If you guys haven't heard of Grace Beverly, check her out. You don't even have to follow her. Just like check out her stories. And she used to be an influencer and a YouTuber, and then she became an entrepreneur. She's quite young and it's quite amazing. But what she does is every single day, it's like her day in the life. It's chaotic. She will post something, then someone will reply, like making fun of her and being like, da, da, da. She'll then reshare that anonymously and like have a poll up. Like it's chaotic energy. Oh, wow. She owns like this brand called Tala, which is like expensive but high quality sustainable like athletic wear or athleisure wear and so she'll be like today we're doing this we're trying this on she'll like try it on and then step back and be like look at this quality like we've decided to do this zip it and it's you're engaged but she's not selling you stuff through the stories it's just to get your engagement and then the actual posts are where you see how to buy the product the promotions the sales all that information like it's just it's the future. And also what I'm hearing is that it's a lot about the journey. Like you take yes. your community with you through the journey and then that's when you come out with a product. That's when people will come out and support you because they're like, hey, I remember last year you this was just an idea and it's really cool to see this come to fruition. Yeah, it took us a year and a half before we came out with anything for Girls That Invest. And it was up till then all free content done, you know, during my lunch breaks and after work. (laughs) And it's because I wanted one to have a community to test out the idea and see would people even care for this. But in doing that, you know, you just people are smart. They know they can tell when something exists just to make money off them and like not scam them, but just like just be like a consumerism, like tit for tat product. So she's honestly such a good case study. Her name is Grace Beverly. She's also got a podcast called Working Hard or Hardly Working. And it's, I found inspiration from it. I was doing it and then I saw her do it. And it was almost just like confirmation of like, okay, we're doing the right thing. Because she's got a million followers. Oh, that's good. I feel like that's probably a good place to wrap things up. But in terms of Instagram and how you can use it, to grow your business it really comes down to the two like pillars that I've spoken on which is content that makes people feel good or content that like changes or challenges a normal way of thinking because put two and two together you're gonna find people will start seeing your brand as that brand that either just makes them feel good which we all love or makes them think and That's what you want people to remember when they think of you. When people think of girls that invest, I hope that when they look at social media, they see that it makes them feel good. They don't feel like they're bad with their money. It makes them go like, hey, it's okay. You've just started. It's it's not the end of the world. If anything, you know, society has not let women even access wealth. So don't be upset that you're not wealthy. And then number two, like, let's try and think of this differently. Let's change the way we view things. Actually, South Asian women have been keeping gold for like thousands of years. They're good with investing. And yet we grow up thinking that maybe we're bad. And yet gold is one of the best invest. You know, like you just find ways to make people feel good, 
or challenge a particular thought that people have had? How do you come up with that content? Use your real life. Start putting those thoughts down onto Twitter and then just kind of see what takes off. What do people like? If you don't get any likes on a tweet, but one tweet gets one like, at least you know that's the kind of content that will do well. And you keep going. And I remember I would be like, oh, three likes. Damn, I'm going to post that. That's That's enough. enough confirmation for me. Three people saw it and liked it. Even to this day, like, we don't have a lot of followers on Twitter. It's maybe around 3,000 compared to Girls That Invest, which is 200,000. And so if a post gets, like, five likes versus 20 likes, I'm like, okay, this 20-liked post, this is really good. I'm going to turn this into a post on Instagram or put the, like, words on a video and turn it into a reel. Okay, so we should all make a Twitter account, send it out to the world, Whoever likes it, that's the one that we put up. <laughs> See, you can laugh all you want, no. but this has worked for me. <laughs> look, I know this is not my field at all. So I genuinely am. I'm going to make a Twitter account and then I'm going to follow suit. And it just gets your brain into that like thinking mode. And honestly, you start thinking in YouTube clickbait titles. I will know that I've made it when that's what my thought pattern is. Thanks for that, Sim. (laughs) I am happy to help. Hopefully you found this useful. As you can tell, we have not touched on everything social media, so there will be a part two that will come out next week. And honestly, this is like, besides personal finance, this is like one of my most favorite top passions. So I'm just enjoying this and I hope you guys learn something too. All right. Until next time, Maya. Kakite. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.